G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. This is Sunday Morning Together across Australia on Vision Christian Radio. This is Sunday Morning Together, so you're a big part of this. And my guest and co-host today joining me uh, remotely, not in the studio this week, Greg Whitaker, who's the Director of Movement, sorry, of Network and Movement in City to City Australia. And we'll find out what all that means in a few moments, but let's say good morning for starters to Greg Whitaker. How are you? Very well, thanks, Phil. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, I should say, Pastor Greg, because you are actually uh, you're a you're a pastor. You've been in the Salvation Army movement for a very long time, but these days working kind of across a whole bunch of, of different churches. What's the different dynamic there between working in just one denomination and then actually going and working with a whole lot of different you know, pastors and leaders right across the breadth of the church? <laughs> Well, one of the things is it's a huge learning curve, but uh, a beautiful learning curve too, to see the diversity of expressions and practices and understandings uh, across the body of Christ. So I'm enjoying the interaction with pastors from uh, multi-denominational contexts. It's been uh, refreshing and beautiful, quite frankly. I think uh, I realised how uh, confined we can become to Mm. our own tribe and how much we miss out uh, when we don't have kind of cross-tribal connections and interactions and sharings. It can be really hard to separate out the things that we firmly disagree on, but there's this other whole space of things that we firmly agree on, and we can tend to go, well, we won't have any part of that because of this other stuff that we don't disagree on. Uh, I guess what you're saying is uh, you've experienced some some good stuff as you've kind of lent in uh, and tr- tried to get in that common space. Yeah, I, I think it's a, what what happened for me was I think God changed the posture. Um, rather than seeing uh, diversity as a place of judgment and division, I've actually started to see the diversity as a place of beauty and uh, and gifting. Um, so it's it's that posture change from the differences that divide us to the differences that make us beautiful in our oneness together. Mm. And as I understand it, as you've come together and identified ways that you can work together for the betterment of the city, the health of the city, you've had a really good response from other civic leaders. There's no doubt that uh, in our context, and I'm not sure that it'll be the same in every context, but in our context, our civic leaders have enjoyed being able to see a single church contact. Now, we don't represent all the churches of the city, and I think it's important to say that, and I say that to our civic leaders all the time, Mm. but they are very keen to see a one church and be able to engage with a one church of the city, and to be honest, are extremely keen for the churches of their city to boldly stand up in their city and become uh, a force of good, a force of uh, serving. Uh, um, The mayor said to me the other day that he believes the church is the last bastion of good volunteering, I think was his phrase, Mm. within the city. Um, So, yes, uh, we've got a great relationship and a growing relationship both with our civic uh, uh, you know, uh, context of our city, but also the social sector of our city as well. So in practical terms, what kind of things are the churches doing together there in Ryde in Sydney? 
Uh, we've just started to really move from the table of unity where we're forming great relationships and a, and, a, and a foundation of trust together. I don't think you can serve unless you've laid that foundation. Yeah. So we've commenced moving into the city with responses to things that the mayor has asked us to respond to. One was around isolated women, particularly those who have come from other place, parts of the world. And so we've created uh, Ride Women's Hub that is a place for people to connect and, and to be known. Uh, we've engaged in the domestic violence context of our city through um, a, a anger uh, management opportunity, um, and a number of the churches are working together on facilitating that within the context of our city. Uh, we had our linked housing, who run 1800 social housing context within our city, ask us to come and create community within their various complexes and uh, we've created community tables there which is really creating a meal for the residents to get to know each other but also you know creating friendships among those residents as well so mm. there are a few of the ways obviously coming into christmas we have a number of other ways that we're responding around the christmas time from hampers to christmas lunches uh, to uh, you know uh, toy warehousing where families can come who can't afford presents for their kids to do that so mm. a number of different responses in those ways uh, to the city as well so uh we're, we're early days i wouldn't want to present us as a hey we've got this all down pat but we're definitely on a journey and god is revealing to us quite amazing things that he wants to do through us it's really encouraging one of the things you talked about there is community and a table and that's really a picture of the church itself. Jesus that's right. you know, gave us that picture and he said, whenever you come around the table, have communion. You know, commune with me, commune with each other as well. But we're going to take communion very soon. How do we best prepare ourselves to lean into the taking of communion in, in, you know, in the context of remembering what Jesus did? For me, I, I think, Phil, I would say that it's about stillness and presence. Uh, mm. is is the preparation. Uh, it's about coming into the already presence of God in a way that I'm acknowledging his presence with us. I think communion was given to us in kind of a form of uh, knowing that the incarnation, whilst uh, the physical Jesus has left, he is still present with us in a different shape and form. So bringing myself uh, into that place of stillness and awareness of presence is my preparation, if you will, to then uh, receive communion and take communion mm -hmm. and share communion. Sunday morning together across Australia on Vision Christian Radio. If you have some elements, uh, please do have them there at hand. But if you don't, that's okay. Maybe you're driving. Just lean in. Bring your heart right now. God's most interested in the state of our hearts. So let's remember and reflect together and declare what Jesus did on the cross and the fact that he's coming again. So it's over to you, Greg. Well, friends, I invite you just to still your hearts and prepare yourself. Uh, come before Jesus now, present where you are in your context. I invite you to just uh, allow his presence to be uh, very clear in your mind, but also felt and experienced. And I invite us now as we uh, come to the table with him to be reminded of the beauty of what he has done for us, that his sacrifice, that his life and his resurrection have given us a beautiful entry into the beauty of the oneness of God, into his presence, into his love, into his mercy, into his forgiveness. So I invite you now with grateful hearts to just uh, take the bread, if you have an ele elements with you, 
And as you hold that in your hand, just to reflect upon the beauty of the healing presence of God, to heal us in oneness with him, to heal us from our brokenness and our sin, to heal us from a place in the world where we can be caught up in the world's ways, where we're transformed and taken to live out of a, the beauty of heaven. So as you take that bread now, just remember the beauty of the healing presence of God. And be grateful. Thank you. Thank you that you bring us into a place of healing with you, into the fullness of who you created us to be. And as we take the blood, I invite you again just to be reminded, but not just reminded, but grateful and to engage with the fact that the blood of Jesus covers us completely holds us in a state of perfect rightness with him where we can experience the fullness of heaven the fullness of his presence the fullness of his uh, presence with us so just invite you as you take the blood drink the wine that we remind us of the completeness of forgiveness and that all condemnation and all disqualification is removed and that we're made perfectly right with him so as you drink now, drink in gratitude, drink in his presence, drink in the fullness of his message. Sunday morning together across Australia on Vision Christian Radio. Now, my guest and co-host today is uh, Gregory Whitaker. Uh, he's uh, a Sydney sider, born and raised in Sydney, I understand. We're going to hear his story uh, coming up very soon. But City to City Australia, which you're a key part of, Greg, uh, you're the director of network and movement. That title intrigues me. Not so much the network part, but the movement part. What's that all about? Essentially, City City has a heart to serve local unity movements of churches within geographical areas, cities, regions, towns. Uh, so when we say movement, we're really talking about a vision to see a unified church walk and work together in serving their city for spiritual, social, cultural and church transformation within their local context. Mm. Big mouthful, uh, big bold vision, if you will. But uh, to be honest, I think it's reflective of our God and reflective of what he invites us into as his body. So if I could summarise that, you want to bring together leaders in the church and people you know, in the church in general together, unified, really around the cause of Christ and to be the hands and feet in really practical ways and in a unified way in that local region, be it a city or a town or whatever it might be. Absolutely. It's how do we, firstly, how do we love one another, pray together for our city, and then move from our churches into our city with the full gospel, uh, not just the message, but also the love and the grace and the hands of the gospel, uh, restoring our cities. Uh, bold, but we have a big God, so let's dream boldly about what that can look like. But uh, the vehicle is unity. Yeah. The vision is the city, the whole gospel for the whole city. Yeah. I imagine there's not one size fits all because every city's different. The dynamics of the people in the room are different. Sometimes there's already a sense of unity. Sometimes it's dysfunctional. But I imagine there's some principles that you, that come into play uh, where in, in every circumstance. What are they? 
There's definitely some clear principles, but as you rightly say, Phil, each city has its own creative diversity and, you know, the look and the way that this the, we're going about this is dependent on the city and the pastors and the leaders and the churches and the context of the cities that we're in. But some of the principles are that, uh, uh, firstly, you, you've got to build unity is built on relational trust of the pastors or the spiritual leaders within the context of the city. They can't. We can't pass that over to somebody else. Uh, it's the spiritual leaders of the city create the foundation of unity, and that unity is a trust and love for one another. Mm. Uh, that doesn't get created by talking about it. Gets created by sharing spaces together, by being in the same rooms, yeah. by breaking bread together, by praying together, yep. by sharing our lives together. Um, so that's the foundational principle. Prayer and unity are the foundations and the vehicles. Um, then it's a matter of understanding our city, understanding the the context of our churches, the resources that are there. But also, we're not just about good plans. We're about what does God want us to do? Where does he want us to respond? So part of it's listening and discernment of, with, with the spirit about what we should be doing. Part of it's listening and understanding our city together. Uh, I think sometimes we act before we listen and understand. So a principle is to listen and understand mm. and to collaborate. It's not about the churches doing everything on their own, but actually seeing what God's already doing in the city and collaborating with other parts of the city who love the city as well. I must admit that a love for the city is part of the journey. When I started this journey seven years ago through a revelation that God brought me, the first thing he said to me was, you don't love your city. I'd been pastoring the city for 20 years at that stage. Um, I argued with him that I did love the city, and he showed me very clearly that I love the city only to the space in which the city joins in my church. Mm, so I've been on a journey. Uh, yeah, ouch, ouch, ouch. Uh, but ouch always leads to beauty, right, in the kingdom. So the ouch of that uh, kind of uh, you know display of my brokenness has led me to a place where I'm journeying into a love of my city. Still on the journey, seven years later, still saying, God, you know, take me from a love of my church in the city and those who join us to a love of the city, a genuine love of the city. Mm, so good. it's about... It's about leading our churches into loving the city too. I think sometimes we're churches in city, but we don't love the geographical place or the people that we're actually, you know, uh, gathering together in. Yeah. Well, talking about journey, we're going to hear a bit of your journey coming up very soon. I'm looking forward to learning a bit more about who is this uh, Gregory Whitaker, who is my guest and co-host this morning. Sunday morning together, together. with Phil Edwards. On Vision Christian Radio. Let's go back right to the very beginning, Greg. I understand you were born in Sydney. Are you bold enough to say how long ago that was? <laughs> born and bred in Sydney in 1966, so I'm well in my 50s at the minute, mate. Oh, um, well, yeah. Very good. The same year we, we got uh, decimal currency came into Australia. <laughs> So I'm not sure which was the bigger whirlwind and, and uh, agent of change, but uh, I'll leave that with you. <laughs> what sort of family life were you born into? But born into a Salvation Army, generational Salvation Army context of, uh, of worship context of mm -hmm. tribe, if you will. Yep. Um, very much uh, ingrained and, you know, I think I went from hospital to church, you know, uh, mum and dad, lovers of Jesus, loved Salvation Army and what it stood for and how it celebrated, you know, living with Christ together. Yeah. So is it true that uh, Salvation Army kids are born with a tambourine or a brass instrument in their hand? Or? Uh, oh, <laughs> I, 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 I think that's probably a, a, a quaint picture, but maybe not necessarily the reality. 
Uh, I mean, the Sallies do do great work, and what a great community to be born born into. Yeah, very blessed. So, um, brothers, sisters. Uh, I I had a brother. My brother passed away a couple of years ago. Uh, older brother, so mm. I'm a, a, a two in the family. But unfortunately, David left us, and uh, yeah, miss him terribly. Yeah, sorry to hear that. So, as you grew up and you're in this Christian context. Um, and you're surrounded, I'm, I'm imagining, you know, with the Word of God uh, and in Christian influence. Is that something that you really stuck with? Or did you, like many people, wander off the path and try and figure out who am I and, and, and you know, test the waters, so to speak? Uh, yeah, I think I'm pretty typical in that, uh, unfortunately, somewhat typical in that kind of teenage push the barriers and the boundaries and, you know, try and find out things for myself. I... I, I never was able to depart, uh, but I certainly uh, struggled to belong at times as well. Mm. Um, the grace of God kept me connected in a beautiful way. Uh, I had a situation in, uh, you know, kind of 20s where I could have left the church. I probably wanted to leave the church and was given a context where I could have kind of felt righteously in leaving the church. Yeah. Uh, but amazingly, God just kept me, and I'm so grateful that he did. I'm not sure who I would be. In actual fact, I, I'm a little concerned about who I would be mm. if it wasn't for the presence of Jesus in my life. Um, I know some dark sides of me, and he, he keeps me beautifully from being shaped by them. Mm. So you've been involved in Christian ministry for some time. So there, there must have been a point where you resolved that conflict. How, how did that happen? Yeah, I, it, there wasn't kind of a, a point in my life where, you know, I, I suddenly went from one position to another. I think I just had a, a continual story of growing in my revelation, but more importantly, in my intimacy with God. Um, I discovered in my mid-twenties that the Holy Spirit existed and that kind of went, uh, took us into a place where the box that we held God into became a much larger and more beautiful and more experiential space for me as well. Mm. Um, so I, I feel like I'm, I mean, I'm still discovering the beauty of God today. I, yeah. Uh, and as are we all, I, I think. If yeah. we ever feel like we've got there, then <laughs> I think we're Problem. deceiving ourselves. Hmm. You were in business uh, for a while, Greg, and it's quite a long list you've got here. The family business, you uh, had a Video Easy, a Gloria Jeans, a Subway, and, and juice bars. That's a that's a fairly broad sort of a list. Yeah, well, I kind of fell into business when I was 18. I left school and uh, needed to work somewhere, and in, that, in at that point in time, uh, video stores were just starting to open. Mm. Um, the industry was just being born. I, uh, I this is back in the eighties, by the sounds. Yeah, yeah. Found a found a job at a local video or a video store that my father had a connection with the owner from, and worked there for a few months, and then headed off to uni. But said to my dad, who was a businessman in his own right, I said, oh, "Listen, I think there's something in this. Uh, how about we enter into the business?" So uh, dad uh, funded me into the first video store of probably over a hundred I would have opened over the course of the wow. next journey. Wow. Uh, yeah, we had uh, we had the privilege of uh, being involved with Civic Video when it first started and kind of founded that group, uh, or, or assisted, I should say. And then uh, within the course of that video, Easy invited us into their brand 
some years on and we had the beauty of being uh, well we were their marketing agency and their development agents for Sydney and for other parts of the country so we opened and built and ran many stores over over the course and then we diversified within the context of retail into some food undertakings and built some other businesses as well marketing business management business mm. uh, payroll and rostering business so yeah enjoyed my time in the business and uh, really lo- i love story so being involved in film was a great privilege mm. so tell us about that how were you involved uh, apart from video in in film uh, it was mainly in video was my involvement. Right. I never actually had the privilege of making, but I, I was all uh, involved in the distribution, the distribution side, side. yeah, yeah uh, of film. But just have always enjoyed story and, you know, the power of story immensely. Probably seen too many in my day, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, in, enjoy it immensely. Story is incredibly powerful uh, because there's, yeah. there's something about it that connects us with other people. Um, what, what do you reckon is at the heart of your story, if you had to summarise it down, if they're going to make a, a movie about Greg Whitaker, what would be the title or what would be the, the heart of the, the message? Wow, that's a good one. Uh, Might need you to think about that for a little while. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think, you know, a, a title would be A Man on a Journey, I think would be you know, maybe how I would put that. Um, and I think the heart of the message would be around an unfolding story of life, love, um identity mm. uh yeah finding and journeying with others into I, I don't know the fullness meaning uh beauty of life yeah so from those years in business then moving over into a ministry context what have you learned that you've been able to transfer into there or it's kind of shaped what you're doing today working with pastors is different kind of context but i imagine there's some similarities and things you can pick out of it yeah, there is. I, I mean, uh, from my business days, I guess I learnt um, the capacity to plan strategically. So uh, I, I, I know how to see a vision of a preferred future and then how to wind that backwards to say, well, what's the first, what are the steps towards that? Yeah. How do we how do we bring those things into play to actually see that reality uh, become, in our future, uh, something yeah. tangible? Yeah. Um, so I, I think I have that uh, uh, that kind of uh, capacity of being able to sit with God and discern, but then being able to allow the Spirit to kind of strategically plan towards the fulfilment of that discernment. Mm. My guest and co-host today is Gregory Whitaker, and as we've learned already, he was born in Sydney, grew up in the Sallies, uh, and has been involved in, in business for many years, 25 years in a family business operating in a number of different retail sectors uh, across uh, coffee and food, juice and video. And I'm curious, Greg, about uh, about that whole thing on the video industry, which you know I remember in the 80s when video was a new thing and then it boomed and it was just it was uh, a license to print money for a lot of people through uh, through the 90s. but then things changed and the whole industry went into demise. You were in the middle of that. What was that like to navigate as a person? Yeah, listen, very difficult, Phil. Um, I mean, the collapse of the industry was probably the the most difficult, darkest time of my life. Uh, but also, I look back on the most beautiful, one of the most beautiful seasons of my life, as is often the case. Mm. Uh, How you know, so? In, uh, 
in brief, let me try and uh, I felt God say to me, the industry's finishing. That was clear. I, he said to me, I want you to come aside and spend a day a week with me every week. I'd never done that in my life. I didn't even know what that looked like. I had no idea what we'd do. But I just felt him say, I'm going to shape you for the next season of your life. Uh, at that stage, I was extremely busy because uh, things were collapsing around me. Mm. Um, I was in the most difficult season. I was doing more jobs than I'd ever done as we couldn't afford team members to be fulfilling. But I, I felt the clear call. So I spent every Wednesday for 18 months walking around Centennial Park in Sydney with God until about lunchtime and then walking Maroopa Beach the rest of the afternoon. Rail hail shine every Wednesday. Wow. I spent the day with God. I expected him to tell me all the things I needed to do and he never told me anything. Um, <laughs> I'd come home and my wife would say, so what did God say today? And I said, I oh, didn't say anything, but I'm refreshed and I've enjoyed his presence. And what I realized he was doing was he was just holding me. He, he knew how dark the days would become, and he held me so close and tight, and mm. he taught me how to be present to his presence. And when uh, I closed the last store and closed the last door on the last of the family businesses, he then brought about a revelation of Scripture to me that I'd never been able to see before. And uh, I just realized that it was in that time um, that he beautifully held me, kept me, um, and enabled me to journey through the darkest days of my life. He showed me that I was a success junkie and that that's not my real identity and that uh, he wanted to take that burden off my shoulders, which mm. he has beautifully done. Uh, sometimes it tries to creep back in, and but I know its voice and I know its taste and its uh, flavour, so I'm quick to repent and move from that story when it shows itself again. But... Uh, it was the darkest and most difficult days. I remember saying to my wife as we walked around our neighbourhood, as I sat in the gutter with tears in my face, saying, babe, I think I've lost everything. Uh, I think it's all going to fall over and I can't see a way through. That was what eventually happened. I went into bankruptcy, which was a, you know, a total failure for a guy who was a success junkie. But my wife beautifully said to me that day, we can lose everything, but we won't lose our faith and we won't lose our marriage. And I said... You know, that was just beautiful. And mm. we didn't lose our faith and we didn't lose our marriage. And she said we won't lose our mental health either. Mm. Uh, so very difficult season, but God just was so beautiful. And now I look back on the season and it shaped the man who I am today in a way that I love being who I am today much more than I was in all those days of business. Mm. Wow. As you say that, it just reminds me of a conversation uh, that Neil Johnson had this week with Sean Hart, the uh, AFL uh, player for the Brisbane Lions, who was talking about switching the script from being uh, having our identity based on our success yeah. to the other way, to having our success based in our identity, because you know yeah. things like that can happen. And if, oh, if and when they do, if our identity is based on the success, then we've got a big problem. Yeah, and no, I faced a big problem. Um, but uh, as I say, uh, just... I, I could not even explain the beauty and the presence of Jesus in that season of, you know, real darkness and real challenge, mm. um, which is often the case, isn't it? You know, times of great love and times of great suffering are usually the times of uh, where beauty and gold and glory can be seen if you have eyes and a posture to do that. I was just blessed that God enabled me to have that posture. So in the middle of that darkness and brokenness, was there a scripture or a person, uh, something key in the middle of that that helped you? No, walking with him. 
uh, Phil, I, I, I couldn't sing to save my life. I would work, walk all day and worship him in song that would ne- had never been written, that I was writing myself. Uh, I, I was just present and grateful and with him. Um, I'd, I'd take the Bible and I'd take books and he'd just go, no, don't, don't read those, just be present. I'd stop each day and read some scripture on my walks, but it was, it, yeah, it was presence. I walked and was present. Mm. And I imagine that was a pretty difficult time uh, to kind of climb back out of, Greg. How, how did you do that? What were, the, what were the steps that actually led for you to step out of there? Well, I closed the door on the last business and had no idea what the future held. Uh, I had no source of income or any idea, but that same day, a wonderful leader in the Salvation Army called me and asked if I'd have a coffee with her in a couple of days' time, of which I did, and uh, she remarkably uh, asked if I would uh, kind of head up a a consultancy project around a particular uh, new endeavour of Salvation Army life that she wanted me to have a look at. So remarkably, I found myself with a consultancy role in the in the context of the movement that I loved, and and at the same point in time, the Salvation Army had a, a an eight bedroom house in a rather ritzy suburb in 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 Sydney that they'd been asked to take care of and use missionally, and we were invited to go and live there and and you know kind of uh, take care of the people who were coming through that house. Hmm. So we went from having nothing uh, to having a, an incredible house we were asked to live in and, and then an opportunity of service, which also was an opportunity of income as well. So God was just wow. amazing, mate. Amazing. Yeah. God. I couldn't have seen it. I couldn't have dreamed it. Amazing. Yeah, God's timing. And, and that's where the faith is in the middle of that, just to keep trusting him, keep looking in his direction, even if everything's fallen around you, which had happened to yeah. you. Um, what was your wife's journey in, in all of this? Was she involved actively in the business? She was involved in one part of the business. We opened a Gloria Jean store that we wanted to turn into a missional cafe. Right. That was our, our dream. Um, and so she worked tirelessly in that space. Um, so it was a part of the business in that context, but it was really, mm. yeah, not, not a part of the overall business, but a part of one of the you know, subparts of the business. Mm. I imagine she was a real encouragement to you for the load that you were, you were bearing during that time. Uh, just beautiful. What a wonderful partner I had to hold me, stand beside me and encourage me through that uh, whole process. Incredible. Yeah. So how did you meet? We met through a Salvation Army uh, context, a, a Salvation Army music camp. Back in the day, they were called. Not that I was musical, but I went along to the camp and uh, I'd met Amanda uh, a couple of weeks before that. We were 13 and 14 at the time and uh, oh, have, wow. uh, kind of shared our entire lives together. Childhood sweethearts, eh? Absolutely. Yeah, so... Uh, kids today and grandkids, I understand. Uh, you know, as as you've seen your your own kids up and and the grandies come along. What's what's that been like? What? How does that? Uh, yeah, just love our kids to pieces. So our daughter Jessica and her beautiful chosen husband Mark live in Singapore. Oh and wow! Work there. Um, she's in Sydney this week, so I've enjoyed her company with me. Uh, we also have a son, Jackson, who has married the beautiful Stacy and has brought into our lives the magnificence of Tilly, who is our <laughs> one-year-old granddaughter. They live in Whistler in Canada. Oh. Um, so we have a spread family. And we also have our adopted daughter, Jamie, 
not adopted it in any uh, formal sense, but just God put her into our family as our daughter. Uh, and she and her beautiful husband, Damon, and the most magnificent Eden, who is now three, live in New Zealand. Oh, gee. Uh, so wow. we, have a, we have a spread family. Well, thank goodness for technology. You can all uh, absolutely you know, connect together, and I guess you've got some nice places to go visit in Singapore, Canada, and New Zealand. So, Yes. Thank you so much for sharing your story today, Greg, and I'm going to let you get prepared for what's coming next, and that's the best five-minute sermon we'll hear today. So uh, no pressure. Five minutes. Uh, you're up for the challenge? Up for the challenge. Sunday Morning Together, across Australia, on Vision Christian Radio. Thanks, Phil. I'll give my best shot. Well, today I just want to pose us a question. Ask the question, how important is the way we do the what of the kingdom? And reflecting on the Great Commission and asking the question again, have we missed the way, the cause, if you will, of the Great Commission? But let me just start by making a couple of comments about God himself. You know, The story of God, I find, is always infused with the character of God. It's a, it's a reflection of his being. God's being extends perfectly into the way God behaves. He does not behave in any way that is contrary to his being, would be another way of me saying that. And so when God acts, his behavior is a reflection of the way that he is. So we see it in creation. When God creates, it reflects his being. He creates the oneness of his being, if you will, is reflected in his creation. We know that God exists in oneness beautifully uh, one, this beautiful divine dance of love of uh, three distinct beings, but inseparable in their oneness. And when God creates, we see this oneness. If we look through the telescope at creation into the planetary systems of the universe, we see the oneness, the connectedness, the interrelatedness of the created planetary system. If we look through the, the more intimacy of a microscope, we see the atomic structure of things and we see relational connectedness of particles and atoms. If we look into nature, if you've seen the film uh, The Big Little Farm, we see how connected nature is, created nature is, and, the, and, and how intimately connected that is. And again, personally, when we look at God creates us and he creates us as connected beings. We, we thrive in relational connectedness of families and communities. So the more intimately we look, the more at God's creation, the more we see the unity and oneness of God's being being visible there. And again, when we look at the story of salvation, God invites us and brings us into the beauty of his oneness. We're not loosely connected to him. We're not believers in him, but we are participators with him in this beautiful oneness. He saves us, if you will, into the way of his being. Now, God clearly wants this oneness with him to be shared by all humanity. He commissions us to go and make disciples to bring humanity into the beauty of oneness with him. We all know the Great Commission, but again, I'd ask us to pause and ask the question have we missed the way of that great commission the cause that will bring about that great commission and i want to invite us just to turn to john 17 and this beautiful prayer that jesus prays it's a his prayer has a cause and effect about it he says the the effect that jesus prays for if we look at verse 21 is that the world would recognize 
that he was sent by the Father. Or if we look at verse 23, he says, The effect of my prayer is that the world would be convinced that you have sent me, for they will see the way that believers love one another, that they participate in the same passionate love that we have. But the cause is what I'd like us to just look at this morning. The way Jesus wants his believers to be the bringers about of this great commission. And in verse 11, he says, I ask that the power of your name would protect each one of them and watch over them so that they will be united even as we are one. Or in verse 20 and 21, I ask not only for the disciples, but also for those who will one day believe in me through their message. I pray that they will be joined together as one, even as you and I, Father, are joined together in one. I pray that they will become one. Or in verse 22, for the very glory you've given me, I've given them so that they will be joined together as one and experience the same unity that we enjoy. And verse 23, you live fully in me and now I live fully in them so that they may experience unity. Here we have Jesus praying that his followers will become one so that the effect of that oneness will be that the world will know him, know that the Father sent him, know that the love of God is available to them. So my, my question to us today commission is oneness actually how the kingdom will come i.e everybody will meet and know jesus i just invite us to reflect upon that phil from john from the beautiful prayer of jesus in john 17 so let me pray father thank you that you have brought us into the oneness of your being thank you that you invite us to experience you in all the magnificence and beauty of your oneness. And just now we repent in reflection of that when we as your people, as your body of believers, have not reflected that oneness, have not lived in that oneness together, have not shown the beauty of that oneness to the world around us. We repent of that and ask now that you would break division that you would bring the diversity of your body into a beautiful state of oneness, that the world may know the Father sent you and experience the love of the Godhead personally. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. This is Sunday Morning Together across Australia on Vision Christian Radio. Greg, thanks so much for that. Pleasure. I, yeah, love what God calls us into. And look, it really is what he calls us to. You think of Jesus had that really passionate prayer, Father, may they be one as you and I are one. It's a beautiful picture when it happens. Have you got any practical examples of that, things that you've seen in your role of what happens when we actually work together as one? Well, I, I see it all over the place. God is doing something amazing around the world in bringing about unity amongst the body of Christ. It's not just in Australia. It's, a, it's across the globe. And one of the things that I see that's amazing about it, Phil, is that no one's leading it. There's no book written about it. There's no, it, it, it's a move of God that we seem to be catching up with mm. a, as opposed to actually, you know, making happen, if I can use that phrase. But when it does happen, I'm seeing incredibly beautiful things amongst pastors and spiritual leaders, particularly. And if I just focus on three things I see when pastors come together, that I, I, I just, it's just so encouraging to me. When I see the pastors come together, I see boldness. I see a boldness for things of the kingdom that doesn't exist when they're in their 
if I can say, their offices, their church buildings on their own. When we come together, there's a boldness of the spirit that is in the room, that we believe for things that, that are beyond the individual, but we believe collectively that uh, together with God we can see amazing things happen. So I see the beauty of boldness. And I think our, our country is calling for a new boldness amongst its churches. Um, the needs are great, but that means the opportunities are great. But great opportunity requires great boldness. So I see the beauty of boldness. The second thing I see, uh, just God's blessing. Um, when we come together and we dream boldly, I see that the provision of God's blessing for us to engage in the delivery of those dreams is incredible. I could use an illustration just in the Together for Ride network. Our city's changing drastically where uh, it's turning into vertical villages. Every bit of land is being built into a 40-storey high-rise. Yeah, right. Um, and as the pastors came together, we realized we had no idea how to actually pastor vertical villages, this new shaping city that was forming before our eyes. And God beautifully led us to, rather than think we knew a solution, to actually do a research project that we called Vertical Villages. You can look it up on the Vertical Villages website, whereby we we look to say, what does it look like to live in a Vertical Villages? And how could faith-based organizations create beauty and community within Vertical Villages? Mm. We beautifully asked God how we'd go about that. He gave us a $20,000 grant to undertake that. We were blown away at the provision. Within one month, that 20000 had become 100000 and Macquarie Uni had joined us as our research partner. The provision of God, the blessing of God is something beautiful in this unity space, Phil, that is just, uh, oh, my goodness, blowing me away. It's so beautiful to see. The third thing that I'm seeing that's just beautiful is a real healing of God's people. Um, I think there's been difficult times over COVID periods and, and challenging times to be leading church in a country of Australia today. But what I'm seeing I think it comes out of boldness, but I'm seeing a healing. I'm seeing uh, pastors move into a place where they're believing for more, where they're feeling more confident in their pastoring, um, where they're feeling more confident in the church's position within the context of their city. So I'm seeing those three beautiful things, uh, boldness, blessing and healing happen in the beauty of oneness. Sunday morning together on Vision Christian Radio. At the end of our time together, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, And uh, thank you very much to Greg Whittaker for spending some time with us today. It's been a real joy. Thanks for having me, Phil. I've really enjoyed it. I'm just wondering if you might be able to close things off today uh, with leading us in a prayer for our nation. Would you be happy to do that? Love to. Well, let's pray. (sighs) Father, we come before you now grateful for this country, grateful for the beauty of its landscapes, of its diversity, both in its nature and in its people. I pray that we would be a country that is not divided, but is united, a country that knows how to love, care and respect each and every one of those that call Australia home. My prayer would be for your people in this country, those who believe in your name, that you would make us one as you are one, that we would reflect heaven on earth, that Australia may be shaped by heaven. Let your people be changers of the social fabric, of the culture and of the spiritual dynamic of this country in and through your name. I pray that Australia would be blessed 
as they come to see the beauty of who you are and the beauty of your story of life here in this country. So again, thank you that we get to partake of all the beauty of Australia. May we reflect your beauty to Australia. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Wonderful prayer. Well, thank you once again, uh, Greg, for uh, being part of Sunday Morning Together and spending some time with us uh, this morning. And may God bless you and your work there with City to City Australia. You're doing good things, bringing people together in in unity, uh, helping leaders to build gospel movements right across Australia in in cities and regions. Uh, It's a really great thing that you're doing. God bless you. Thanks, Phil. Thanks for having me. And thanks for everybody who was listening today. Great to share this morning with you. If you want more details about City to City Australia, uh, it's at citytocityaustralia.org.au. Well, that's it for today. Catch you next week. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.